Heavy Radio, episode 29. This is one of your hosts, Eric, here. I'm joining you again. Um, on this episode, it's a special episode, we have guest David Schenkel with us. Um, you'll know him as a guitarist for Manowar, David Schenkel Group, Fainor, Grave Rain, Holy Tide. And he joins us this week to talk about his new Fainor album, Power of the Chosen One. Um, so on this week, uh, Marco conducted that interview, um, so I'll be throwing it over to him in a second. Um, while you're here, definitely check out the Heavy Radio podcast playlist on Spotify. Um, also check out the playlist on YouTube. Uh, but yeah, thanks for joining us, and without further ado, I will throw things over to Marco. We'll hear, he will be talking to David Schenkel. All right, this is Heavy Radio, and we have a special guest today, David Schenkel. From David Schenkel Group, Man of War, from Fianor, from Grave Rain, from Holy Tide. Got lots of lots of stuff burning right now. So without further ado, let's get into it. Uh, the new Fianor album that is coming out April 23rd on Massacre Records. So uh, how did coming just coming to this album, coming to play with Fianor come about? Hello, my friend, and thank you very much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I love doing the interviews because it gives me a chance to talk to cool people like you that love metal, rock and roll, and want to keep it alive and keep it going, you know, because it's a hard thing out there now, especially with the COVID. So much stuff has turned into online radio and interviews. So thank you for having me. Fionor, you are right, brother. True Epic Metal, new record coming out on Massacre Records, April 23rd. The first official video, Rise of the Dragon, is out, doing great. And we released our first lyric video, Power of the Chosen One. So those two are doing very well for us. There's pre-order links all over our Facebook pages, social media, website, fianorband.com. And... uh, I've been I've been messing around with the Fionor boys for a little over four and a half years now. And to make a real long story short, the best we can, I'm usually good when somebody asks me a question, just let me run with it because I can get it all in. <laughs> I mean, you could go get a cup of coffee, make some banana bread and come back and I'll still be going, man. Okay, <laughs> so here we go. You know, they were approached, me and my manager, Johnny Pettigrass, several years ago, and they approached Ross, the boss, and he and I are best of friends. We always were when I first got in the band, and I knew Ross before I was ever even Man of War, but we'll get to that. Um, They approached us to do some guest solos. Ross played on two songs. I played on two songs, Water Gardens and uh, In the Darkness. Tony Martin from Black Sabbath came on and did a a, a great track. He sang, you know, great singer, did a crying game. And uh, so we did the guest solos. The album did pretty good for him and well. And then Gus and I kept in communications. And we came up with the idea of, you know, why don't we get you over here, Dave, and let's do a Triumph of Steel play almost the entire record, and let's do some kick-ass shows around Argentina, because the band's located in Argentina, and we had about five, six dates in Brazil. So we sat down, read the numbers, everything looked great, and said, this could probably go well. Got some promoters involved, and sure enough, we went. Unfortunately, at the time, our original singer, Sven Dianis, who was in the band Wizard, they just released their 12th record on Massacre, which is doing well. So that was a double dose of metal for him. 
you know, so we're happy about that. Um, he wasn't able to join us due to some family issues and some health things with one of their family members, but all that's better now. So we brought on a different singer, uh, Lobo, and, uh, you know, he did the Triumph of Steel thing with us the first time. It went really, really well. It was great to see a lot of old Man of War fans that have gotten older and younger ones and people that knew me from my day with Man of War. It went well. When we got back here to the States, we started talking about doing another tour and having our singer, actual Sven Dionis, come in and Lobo sing together. And when we decided to do that, we were like, well, you know, every I, I fit in the band like a glove. They were Man of War fans. They wanted a Man of War guy. I was the right choice. You know, when Ross was in the band, he did his stuff with him. When I came in and brought Rhino, it was kind of like bringing a little bit of Racer X into Man of War. <laughs> Hell but, yeah. Know, we played what Joey and Eric wanted. Some of my best stuff never made it to that Triumph of Steel record. But that's okay because when I did the Ashes to Ashes CD, that showed everybody what I was capable of writing, oh, yeah. composing the whole nine yards, and compete with the best of them out there without dropping names. Okay? So. Yeah. So we decided to do another tour and had the two together. And, and we decided before that, while we were working on the tour, let's do a video, bring me in the band and work on some mood material. So during that last tour, right before COVID, which nobody knew about, we were starting to put ideas together for the record. And then we went over and did the tour and it did a couple of songs as a little teaser. When we got back, we did the record, and five of the songs off the Power of the Chosen One CD, I wrote right here in my studio from the ground up, everything. The drums, bass, all the guitars, and Gus and Sven, you know, put a lot of all the lyrics together, and I would have melody ideas and some titles, and Gus is really good with words, and so is Sven Dionis, and I wrote and played all those instruments, and Walter did his leads, and then the drum tracks, you know, the basic uh, drum stuff, went to our drummer, and then, you know, when it was time to record them, they went in the studio, and Emiliano played all the drums. You know, what I programmed here was just a template for him, because those are real drums on that record. So he did that, Walter did his leads, and then, you know, and then there was five other songs the band was putting together from them that I contributed about 40% in, So in and, and the whole thing came together as Fionor, and, you know, the, the concept that we had, but Gus really had, was if you look at the album cover, in their mind, that Power of the Chosen One, that guy on the cover, for what it's worth, is supposed to be kind of a simulation of me, the blonde hair, the rise and fall of me from Manowar, and I'm back again, rise of the dragon, the power of the chosen one, true metal. Okay, I might have been in Manowar and made a name for myself, and I thank them for that to this day. But things change, always do. Did my DSG stuff, and Joey was involved in the first two records of that. Then I moved on. We're still friends. No hard feelings. But that power of the chosen was, was to go back to the Manowar fans and go, look, for those of you that know and didn't know that I wrote half that record with Joey, take a listen to this fucking thing. <laughs> okay, then this will show you not only my neoclassical shred world in your Ingve Malmsteen, Paul Gilbert's, Chris and Pilatera stuff, I could show you that I can do another Triumph of Steel record, part yeah. two, with Power of the Chosen One, with this group of kick-ass guys, and that's exactly what I did.
Yeah. And that lets so, him know. And we've gotten great reviews. You know, the record company loves it. Hopefully, people will love the record. It's a hard time now with everybody in COVID and people in their jobs, people losing their lives. It's terrible. And some bands are starting to book shows for the end of the year and the new year. And so will we. And to get people back out to live again, man, to survive, to get back to metal. And uh, that's just one aspect of a style out of other styles from the other bands I'm doing. And uh, I've always said this. Things change, always do. You can't make everybody happy. But let's run any of my records up on a flagpole. See who salutes them. If you do, great. Hit, hit me a like. Go like my new my new YouTube channel, David Shankel. Be friends with us on Facebook. Hit lighter. If you don't like it, fuck off. Okay, <laughs> move I, on. Next. I, I, I don't care. You know, because you're way. always going to get the assholes out there. I didn't like Manowar. <laughs> I don't like you. Or I love Manowar. I wish you were in the band. You know, when Carl was out of the band, why didn't they bring Dave or Ross back or both of you? You know, let me set the record straight. They never called Ross or me, never emailed us or nothing, because Joey would never bring either one of us back. He gets this kid that's in a tribute band where the drummer was originally in the band, and there's been like five, six different drummers since then that come and go. Uh, who knows why, but let's you know look at who runs that band yeah. and leave it at that, okay? You know, and, a lot of people great. know how it goes. Yeah, it's <laughs> great to have a, a guy that was in a tribute and knows the songs. And the guy's got some good reviews and bad reviews. God bless him. I'm sure he's excited to say he was in Man of War, but there's one thing Ross and I have that they will never have. And I said it in my last interview in Brave World or Brave Word magazine. Just put it up. I made my own legacy in that band, just like Ross did. Nobody could take it away from me. That Triumph of Steel record was the first record of any of the Manowar records to hit the top 10 in Germany the first week it came out and go gold than any of them. And I'll keep that on my shoulder and be proud of it till the day I die and live on after me. And I love Ross, and I love them classic Manowar records. What yeah. they did after that, Man of War had some good stuff. Eric, phenomenal singer, one of the best in the world for metal. They tune a full step down now after I was out of the band, and we played at A440, and there was no copy and paste. We played those tracks like men. Yeah. And we did and it, and we proved it live. And I loved my time in that band, and I have no bad blood against him. But he said, she said, eh, there's always two sides to yeah. the fucking coin on that, pal. There yeah. always is. The, the actions, what has happened in history speaks for itself. Because there's Earth, Earth Shaker Fest where you guys all played together in Germany. Like that, the fans love that kind of shit. They don't really they care did. about and the other stuff. You know what, stuff, that was know? the first time in 10 years. Well, they came into town and I got up and played Metal Warriors with them at a club. But to do a festival, that was the first time in 10 years of I was out of the band that I went overseas. You know, after the, the DSG thing and... That was in 2005, then DSG went over in 2007. Let me tell you something. You know, that day of being there, that was a special moment for me and my ex-wife at the time because I got to go back to those fans and, you know, management and everybody brought us over there. But let me tell you something. Me and Joe Stump were the two guys there that showed everybody what was going on on guitar. And I welcome that to get up there and go, okay, Joey, here's what you had. There's what you got. Nothing against Carl. Nice guy. I've never had a problem with him. But I was like, there's a reason why they call me the Shred Demon. Get the fuck out of my way. And I came at everybody like a fucking level 10 tornado. 
and they loved it. People, yeah. why are you so down in the mix? Who, who knows? Maybe that was Joey. Maybe it wasn't. Just watch my hands and watch me play. Watch my, my guitar clinic I did. It speaks for itself. You know, Ross did a great job. His classic blues. And, you know, it's cool to play with him, those classic Manowar songs that I was listening to before I even knew him and was in the band. You know, Ross yeah. started Manowar. Joey took it over with Eric. So, you know, Ross has done great for himself. He's got his band. My manager handles him and Rhino. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll do some shows together. But Ross was Ross. I was me. And he and I cemented our sound and what we did in that band. The other guys have not. Now, other people may disagree, and they may agree, but I'm that guy that's like, you're entitled to your opinion, but it doesn't mean your opinion is right, even though you're entitled to it. And I'm that guy that will step up to you and go, well, let me explain to you why I think you're wrong. And now that can ruin friendships. But when somebody crosses the line with me, I'm the first guy to go, hold the fuck on. Let me tell you what other people are thinking that you don't want to hear, but now that you pushed it, I'm going to tell you, and let's see where the cards fall. There you go. So I try and stay back as much as I can, but I will not hold back (laughs) on what I did in that band and what I got from it and where I went from there. And nobody can take that away from me and Ross. Nobody. But I I love them and thank them for the time in that band. And there you go, man. Uh, yeah, another testament to that master of the wind. That's a fan favorite uh, all over, all the time, all over I the world. I put that together with my classical guitar teacher at the time, Michael Kurtz, God rest his soul. His wife is um, Muriel Anderson, who's a world-renowned classical guitarist, female. Phenomenal. And when I was starting to write that, you know, I was showing him what I was doing and brought it to Joey. And, uh, you know, I didn't write any of the lyrics on Tribe of Steel. That was all Joey with Eric. But, you know, some melody ideas I would hum to him. But I was all about the music with me and Joey and cassette tapes going back and forth. And it is what it is. And I'm proud of that, you know. Yeah, and I think playing those old songs around the world with Fionor was a great way to get in the spirit of what this record will be, Power of the Chosen One. So that's that's excellent. Um, right. And then let's get into Grave Rain. And so this is Destination Aftermath is the record. Looks like it might be around July. So this summer, maybe a, cu- a couple new things going on this summer, which is, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah. And let's talk about the Grave Rain record and that band. Grave Rain was something a good friend of mine, excellent power singer, more low range, you know, not a Jeff Tate guy in that. And that's not what I wanted. You know, Tony Angle was in a very successful, popular, all original band in Chicago, as well as DSG was when I had that band together, naturally. It was um, called Veilside. And they did several records, very popular in the Chicago club scene, and also did a lot of openings for national acts. And I joined that band for a while. And, you know, to get into the story later, that's how I came across my hot sauce, because we did a festival called Farm Rock with Queensryche, Dokken, uh, Slaughter, and uh, Sebastian Bach. And when I was on stage, I saw this big red truck in the field. And when I went over there, it was hot sauce. And we'll get into that. But <laughs> Tony and I, we enjoyed our time together and we wanted to jam. And we had some downtime when, when COVID started because I was just about finishing the Fiodor record at the time. 
and then said, well, hey, Tony, this is a perfect time. So I put a song together for him. And the first one that came together was um, Destination, Aftermath, and Road to Akron, those two songs. It's about 1230 in the morning. I'm laying on the couch half asleep at my sister's. My phone rings. I'm like, what's up? He calls me. Write the record. Write the record. I love it. We got to do this. So we started putting stuff together, and uh, a guy named Joe, who owns a studio called Mechana, his band Mechana, he's done all the recordings for Veilside. He started doing mixing and mastering and would program drums based off my basic drums. And during that time, I was saying goodbye to an old studio and updating to a whole new iMac and everything. Tony and I, I have to say this to you, bro. And to everybody listening, that gives a shit. If you don't, then why are you listening? Uh, go away. I don't care. <laughs> it is, uh, out of all the bands I've done, every singer I've had, I've gotten along with all of them. But Tony and I, we clicked immediately like peanut butter and jelly, man. Like a hammer and a nail. We never had a problem. We always discussed everything we wanted to do i knew what he was doing and i was to tell him i'm going to make you a better singer because one thing that i do well is take the singers that have ever been in my bands and know the best of what you got where to do harmonies where not to where to push you make you better and turned him in to the best singer he's ever been even with his veil side stuff and we are so proud of this destination aftermath because it's a, a combination of the best of tony from his roots and Veilside and David Shankel from all my DSG stuff with a little bit of, of my metal roots, Man of War stuff, and put it together and mixed it up and came out with this concept record, Destination Aftermath, and the cover and all that. And when people hear it and get it, it's kind of part of it's about the Civil War. That's why we might release it July 4th, Independence Day. And what if the world, if the bombs did go off, if something happened? What would be left? Would there be a sanctionary? Would there be good people wandering, looking for help? Would there be bad people like Mad Max? What would it really be like? And when you see the cover of the record, you will clearly go. And that's title, Destination Aftermath, and the song, the chorus, came to me in a dream. And I woke up next to my girlfriend, turned on my phone so I could get that destination aftermath for me. And I did the chords and that's our first lyric video. And Tony was very good, you know, working with our artist people and putting the concept together. And we did a lot of orchestral stuff and keyboards between my end and our engineer and Tony. We just worked together so well that we just fit. And it really wasn't, meant to be a concept record our engineer was the one that said if you listen to these songs it's kind of a concept record so we went with it and then made it more be around that and then we have two copy songs on there we redid because we were asked to do them for movies and they were accepted so we have a song called how soon is now which was the theme song to the charm series with melissa milano which was originally done by the smiths then Love Spit Love did it for the soundtrack back when Charmed was the TV series. So we took it and they asked us to do it. But I kept it, bro, radio heavy rock. And it turned out great and they accepted it. And it's supposed to be in a movie, if I'm not saying it wrong, The Haunting of Plainville or Pleasantville. It's going to be a movie coming out later in the year. And then we right. were asked to do another one, which was a Pink Floyd song, Dirty Woman. 
Young Lust. So we redid that, and we're doing the final touch-up on that, and that's going to be in a comedy documentary that has been accepted for that as well. So we're adding that to the record, as well as one of my classical guitar pieces called Romanza at the very end to show a whole other side of my playing. And we're already putting ideas together for the next destiny or the next Grave Rain record. So that's and that's homegrown. So I can rehearse right here, you know, drive an hour to my sister's house, and that's what we'll be rehearsing in the basement because we got full gloriful PA, drums, soundproof. Everything we need for her husband's band, Mike 1096, and us to rehearse and keep it all in the family, you know. So that's what's going on with that. And we're going to be releasing um, more video footage coming up soon. Fafnir lyric video will be coming out the opening track, another dragon one. I've written three dragon songs. I love dragons. And we have the website, graverainband.com. You can get the Veilside CDs. DSG CDs, veil yeah. side t-shirts, face masks, stickers, buttons by hot sauce, full shred, shred demon. It's all up there and it's growing every day and more shirts are coming and stuff. And we start rehearsals at the end of May to start putting this tremendous record to actually walk into rehearsal and go, okay, guys, one, two, three. Let's hit a chord to see where the fuck we're at. <laughs> okay. yeah. Let's see how yeah. this works out. You know, from, I have Mick Lucian uh, playing bass from my Devil Land days. Tremendous bass player plays in a band, Vicious Circle Local. And we got Gabriel Anthony, tremendous drummer who played on my Still a Warrior CD from DSG. So I had to bring him in. So I'm excited about that. So that's where we're at with Grave Rain. Yeah, GraveRainBand.com. I saw David Schenkel Group, Ashes to Ashes, Hellborn, and Still a Warrior on there. Oh, so, see, yeah, you can available. get all, all the yeah. badass And all DSG the Veil side stuff, too. Veil side. And uh, that Romanzo you mentioned, so we, we better get over to Italy with Joe Caputo for Holy Tide. That's a whole other thing going on. That's where that, my, my mother was born in Italy, and I actually almost got to see Man of War in Italy, but it was just a travel tremendous. conflict. But Right, right. Well, hopefully this corona thing, and everybody gets their shots, and they're going to let people travel and just get out there and, and try and live again. we got to move on. People are starving for it. Yeah, and playing to the fans in, over there in Europe and in South America, I think it, there's nothing more inspiring than that. So. <laughs> I always call it when I go overseas to play home, <laughs> home where, you know, when man of war put me on the map, I still, I have so many friends and fans, but friends too. That's so nice to see and uh, spend some time there when I'm done touring so I can hang out with some of them as well, you know? Yeah. So Holy Tide was, I was approached by them almost two years ago. Joe Caputa came to me, said he had a dream that the Lord came to him and said, you need to reach out to David Shankle to do your record and be in the band. And I'm like, who is this guy? Well, what is all of this about? No disrespect. <laughs> I heard the last record he did. It was very good. I liked the songs. We started talking, brought Johnny in, blah, 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 blah. He got involved to do 27 shows in Germany, Sweden. Bam, Corona hit. Wiped everybody out. Not going to happen. Right when we were getting ready to do it, I was learning the songs on the record from two other guitar players that I was going to do the job of as one. So when that happened, our manager and I, we, all three of us talked and said, why don't you guys just write a new record now that you're in the band, Dave, where you're composing with Joe 
And, you know, the singer was on his way out for other reasons. Fabio, excellent singer on the last record. And uh, and we brought, you know, like I said, we got the new guy now, Mike or Michael Stark, who's from Stormburner, who's on uh, Pure Steel Records. Great singer, great guy. And Michael Brush, or, or Michael Brush, who plays drums, incredible drummer in the band. And uh, we're like, you know, five, six songs into this new record. And there's probably going to be another four or five and that's that's the big we got the fianor coming out destination aftermath grave rain and holy tides coming up from the back so if we're lucky we could have that together by the end of the year because those dates from last year are being held for this year and if we can have it together and it happens we will be on tour but it'll be with me with a cd i'm actually on and composed and just a few songs for the last one so it made sense to do that now for those that wonder, Fianor, old school, more true power metal like Man of War Days. Destination Aftermath, Grave Rain, that's DSG, David Shankle, progressive power metal, neoclassical meets, you know, down tuning, stomp in your face, gut metal from Veilside Tony Angle. Holy Tide is more of a progressive symphonic, which we have symphonic stuff in the Grave Rain Band, and more of that's coming. It's kind of more like your Nightwish meets Rhapsody of Fire stuff kind of going on with that. So three different worlds, but all on the same hill, just on different sides of it, because I can do all that, and I'm proud of each one of them. But, you know, it's Fianor coming out first, then Grave Rain, then Holy Tide, and, uh, you know, hopefully... People will love all these, and we can keep moving forward and get them out. And, uh, you know, I hope for the best. I hope the fans like them for, you know, all those different styles of music. We'll crank them all on 11 here on Heavy Radio. And I got to get you. I'm going to get you over Fafnir, the opening track of uh, Grave Rain, Destination Aftermath. And uh, so the hot sauce story, how did that come about? We got two kinds. It looks like Full Shred and Shred Demon from Hellfire Hot Sauce. Hellfire Hot Sauce is a company out of Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. They and I've seen them all. They got the best, the best flavors and the coolest logos too. When I was in Valeside, stepping in for a while with them before Tony and I even did Grave Rain, like I said, we played Farm Rock and we were playing with you know um, um, Slaughter, Dokken. Queensryche, my buddy Parker Lundgren, he played on the last DSG CD with Michelangelo yeah. Badio, Joe Stump. We're yeah. all friends. I played on their records. They played on mine. Yeah. We're all in That's, that super shred world. Yeah. And um, I saw this big-ass red truck way out in the back of the field. It was an outdoor festival. I'm like, what the hell is that thing over there? I'm gonna, when we get done playing, I'm going to walk over there. So me and Tony walked over there, and the guy, uh, I think Melvin and his wife, at the time said, hi, Dave. And I didn't know who they were. And I started, you know, checking them out, talking to them, gave me some t-shirts and stuff, signing some stuff. And I loved their sauce. So about a month later, we started talking about a signature sauce and it was kind of going somewhere that it didn't. Then it was about a year later, we investigated it again, got some artwork together and they were switching locations. So that stopped for a while. So about two and a half years ago, me my manager and us got together Tried out some sauces. We picked what we liked as a milder one, full shred. Then a hotter one, the shred demon. And I don't want the hottest sauce in the world because if you can't enjoy the food you put it on and your <laughs> mouth is like lava, 
you just fucking ruined it for me, man. <laughs> you know, and they got the hottest stuff. So I wanted mine to be kind of, you know, mild, more than middle of the road. And then the shred demon, I'm going to kick your ass, but you don't have to go to the hospital. <laughs> you know, so and we came up with that and the artwork and everything. And it's been doing well for me. And they're great people. They got a new location in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. Hellfirehotsauce.com. Go try all all their stuff it's great but if you're interested in mine you can get it directly through the graverainband.com site or you can go directly to hellfirehotsauce.com and order it you know right through them as well either way it's all good best sauce around you know hot sauce isn't for everybody give it a shot you may like it so that's how that came together kind of cool and we have them at shows with all our CDs oh, yeah. and swag and stuff. And uh, it's a cool little thing to have outside of it. It fits with my personality perfect. Definitely. You know, being shred. the calm guy I am and really relaxed. <laughs> and not, not the kind of guy that likes to go out. Yeah, right. Yeah. Awesome. And then, so being, a, you know, even a young kid loving music and then a young person playing guitar, it's got to be pretty special, pretty awesome to have your own guitars. Now you've had some in the past and now you got a, is a new collaboration coming out. Yes, I do. I've been with many guitar companies and, you know, I was with ESP for 16 years. That went great. But artist rep people come and go and they change. Then I went over to Dean Guitars, which they built me the 29 fret. Dean yeah. V, the stealth for the when I did the solo, the demonic solo for the uh, movie Jezebeth, which was hailed, I was happy to say, as one of the fastest solos in 2010. Great for some people, other people could give a <laughs> shit, whatever. It's all good. And, uh, you know, I moved on to Grossman Guitars for a while, and he built me two guitars. I was supposed to get four, but things happen. Don't need to get into it. But the one thing I've learned about endorsement companies, for anybody that's young and wants to get in endorsements, and trust me when I say this, the most important thing is not because you're getting gear or getting a discount on gear. If I want something, I'll buy it. I use Line 6 top-of-the-line wirelesses. I don't endure them. I buy them because I love them. I don't have to endorse them. You know, if you're Robert Plant, they'll endorse you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or Steve Vai. Okay, that's yeah. okay. You know, I'll buy it. But it's about your relationship that you have with these people. And are they going to do for you, they say, and you do for them? Are you brought in as, you know, one of their top guys, medium guy? Or are you just another grain of salt on the sideline that goes, hey, thanks, we're taking this guy, and we'll do this to the guitar, but we're charging you this. Or we'll build you this and take three fucking years to get it to you, and then it's not right, you got to fix it. And then during that time, two, three artist relation people you've dealt with has come and gone. And the whole thing is flipped upside down. You know, I've seen guys, I don't want to mention their names, that are very popular, that have been with different guitar companies and come and go, and it's the same story. They don't want to try other new things like new luthiers are doing, new designs, you know, and stuff like that. And I call my new guy Viper Guitars, Jedi Jeff from Viper Guitars out of California. This man knows exactly what he's doing. He's been coming to me for two years, and over the last year, we designed two prototypes, the DS6, DS7. And we're working on probably 
patenting the neck because it's a bolt-on neck. But what I did was took the best of all my guitars, and I have 27 guitars, and I like neck-throughs and stuff, and so much of a cutaway where you could get up on that 24th fret and nothing is hitting me. I was uh -huh. doing that 35 years ago when Steve Vai was coming out with the seven string, doing uh -huh. cutaways. Now every guitar company in the in the in the world that does extended frets or seven strings or getting into the extra cutaway, you know, Schechter, other guys, in private luthiers, it's becoming kind of a common thing. But mine is so cut away, and the way the neck is joined to the body. The heel of the body comes down like a, a ski slope, so it's like a ramp. So when your hand slides up at the end of the neck, you don't even feel it's a bolt-on. The bolts are recessed, and it's so smooth, and everything's so cut away. It's my own design headstocks for the 6 and the 7, from my special frets to the width of the neck, thickness, the wood. I'm an EMG pickup guy. You will never have any other pickups in my guitar except for EMG. I thank Tommy and everybody at EMG. I'm a Kaler tremolo guy, Gary Kaler, Bob Smith. That's all you will ever see on my guitars. Now, nothing against other tremolos, but Kaler, you know, you can individually adjust the saddles. They made me my extra super long, thick tremolo bars called the David Shankle Shred Bars that you could get from them that screw right in. And, uh, you know, special military jacks and just the design, the wood, the Fafnir paint job that is the Dragon. I bought the rights to that, you know, because it's on the Grave Rain record and it's going to be painted on my seven-string guitar and it is badass. And the reason we're doing a second version of both of those, because the first ones, believe it or not, I tried the Sustaniacs for the first time. No offense, I didn't like them. They changed my tone in the neck pickup. They added a high-end boost. They sounded plastic and metallic. And, you know, guys like Neil Sean, Van Halen, and Steve I, they must have had theirs custom made. And I know they're improving on them. It, it wasn't horrible. It just wasn't for me. And to change the pickups out, we had to plug holes and do this. And my guy at Jeff said, I'm going to keep the neck for the first seven string. We're going to redo the body. Get rid of all the stuff you don't want so Fafnir can be on there. And I'm going to completely redo the seven, the six string. It's got my custom David DS logo at the 12th fret, which he calls Diamond Dave, but it's yeah. the DS thing. And we modified it, and that will be at the 12th fret between the uh, 11, 12, and 13th fret. That looks really cool. And we made an improvement on it, and those will be coming out and probably, hopefully, the next two months at the longest. And we can unveil them online podcasting i'll do i'm going to be doing stuff with the guitars and videos playing out live with them be at the nam show if the world will let that open it up and he's doing a whole new line for me two six strings two seven strings eight string a double neck you know all the guitars that i've had that i love nothing wrong with those guitars and they were important to me when I was with those companies playing them. But, you know, things change, always do. And as I move on and get new guitars, they'll slide down the ladder and make room for the new ones. And these new ones are the very best of everything I've had in all my guitars. And then all the extra thinness, width of the neck, 
the frets, how high, how low, the cutaway that you could put your hand there and still drive a semi through. So there is nothing in your way. Pickup placement, tremolo, the whole nine yards is just, you know, and this guy's just getting it right, right out of the gate. You know, after we tried a few things and we both went, we didn't like this pickup or that. So now we're going to be taking a little longer because we made some changes. So now those were the templates to make all the master guitars now. So Viper Guitars out of California, Jeff uh, Hitman. So I'm very happy about that. He's got a lot of great guys. Lloyd Wallace, good guitar player, a friend. Uh, Jimmy Bell from Autograph. He's with them as well. Great guitar player. Super nice guy. And there's uh, quite a few other guys and some new people coming on. But mine is designed for me. Nobody else can just get it unless you want my signature guitar. You'll have to order it through Jeff and that. And I get a piece of the pie, which is cool. And, you know, you can change out the tremolo if you want. But nobody else in Viper, you know, they got their thing that Jeff does. And I got mine specially designed. We spent a lot of time doing it. And I could not be happier. So Jedi Jeff, he and I will be coming at you all soon with the new Dave Shankel DS6 DS7 shred machines from Viper Guitars. That's yeah, that's amazing, yep. and just always fine tuning from the construction yep. to the yep. yeah, the way that you play it, and you know the way the pickups are. It's just like I think that's you know doing it right. That's always gonna you're always gonna grow, and then this is where we're at. This is the the shred right now. Well, you know that that's the idea, and you know you just gotta you know make the best of it, and I hope people like it. But if not. It's made for me. So if somebody else likes it, great. Happy if we'd like to have one. You know, we, we can help you with it. If you don't, that's okay. I don't care. It's <laughs> built for me. There's a million other guitars out there you can go buy that everybody else has got. You know, when you got something made for you, it's exactly what you want. And some young people want that guitar that's, you know, either this guy or that guy or mine or whoever's. And then there's other guitar players that, you know, got their guitars and they have them modified. Everybody's different and there's something for everybody. God bless you. You know, yeah. like what you like, you know. What we, uh, what we like to get into on heavy radio is what brought you to the heavier side of music. Like when were you first getting into heavy metal? When I was... Eight years old, my dad handed me a guitar, and he had turned me on to Chet Atkins, Roy Clark, and uh, Andre Segovia. And I was like, wow, these guys are great. I, I'm eight years old. I'm like, okay, now what the fuck? <laughs> okay. So I, I played for two weeks and went, fuck this. You know, I, I, this ain't cool. I don't know what's going on. Then when I was 13 and a half going on 14, I had a little Harley Honda 70 motorcycle, and it was Christmas. And this is a true story. God rest my mom and dad, their soul. My dad says it before Christmas, do you want another guitar? And I'd had a few messing around. Or do you want a racing bike? It'd be evil Knievel. My mom walked out of the kitchen and said, no, you're not. Buy him the guitar. He'll live longer. <laughs> we'll have no evil Knievel. Well, at that time, they had no idea. My dad took me to Hicks Music in Aurora and bought me a Gibson guitar and a Univox amp. And that changed my life. 
From that day on, I started jamming with people like Howard Anderson, Rick Martinez, Roy Thatcher, local guys. And I was a hot shitter at a young age, watching every 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 Saturday Don Curser's rock concert with Edgar Winters and Rick Derringer and a Midnight Special with Wolf Jane Gat. I mean, a Kiss was on there. I mean, I was sucked in, but I was into the hot shit players. And as I was getting older and stuff, jamming, I got into the Paul Gilberts and the Jason Beckerts, and I was already doing that. The Vinnie Moore, and these people are friends of mine now. And I heard of Yuli Roth. I was into him a lot. And I loved Eddie Van Halen, who could not. But I really liked Steve Vai because he was so unique and different in his own world. And then I was about 15 years old, going on 16, didn't even have my license. I was into Frank Marino, Johnny Winters, you know, guys like that, Pat Travers. At different ages, I was into different guys for different things. Michael Shanker, UFO. I got things from each one of these guys to put under my jacket and go, I'll take a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And I was studying i was a guy that bought every hot licks video there was from every one of them not to learn all of them but you grab something from each one of these guys and i was studying music then and creating my own style and then a guy howard anderson that i was jamming with good friend of mine i just mailed him some hot sauce he handed me this album and goes you gotta listen to this guy i just heard from a friend of mine and i went who the fuck is this guy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he looked like some guy in a shirt with a vest and a tie, some Italian-looking guy with glasses, and some girl in the background looked like a gypsy, and I went, okay, I'll take a listen to it. Let me tell you something, brother. I ate my fucking words immediately. <laughs> this guy, I said, Who, where the fuck did he come from? That record was Elegant Gypsy from Al Miola, and that changed my life as a guitar player. I listened to that record and wore it out. I went in my room and was going, what is all this mute picking he's doing? And this, you know, this triplet 16th note stuff. It changed my life. And I've met a lot of guitar players that I admired over the years. I have no idols. I loved Helen Holdsworth. I got to meet him. God rest his soul. But I've never gotten to meet Al DiBiola yet. And every time the guy was in Chicago, I was on tour with Manowar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, so maybe one of these days I will just to shake his hand and let him know, like I told Alan Holdsworth, what an influence you were on me. And so many other people I know. And, you know, thank you, you know, for your wonderful music that you've given to the world. Because, you know, he was an inspiration to me. I could say that wholeheartedly. And outside of him, where I'm at now as a guitar player, I get so many people that are like, hey, man, and this guy's a friend of mine, Chris and Pelotera. He and I are like heads and tails of a quarter. DSG <laughs> Records, the Pelotera Records, we're kind of sailing the same ship, going the same way. Love is playing. Super nice guy. We've talked at Nam before many a times. You know, Michelangelo Badio, great guitar player, made a name for himself, the two-deck thing. We've played on each other records. You know, we're, Joe Stump, another great guy I love, you know, and there's other great guitar players too. You know, we're all kind of cut from the same clay, but we are completely on different sides of those clays and mountains if we were all on a stranded island. And we all can do things the same, but also very, very differently from each other, too. And, uh, you know, and that's what people say, and they do, and, and, and that's okay. That's a compliment. I admire every one of those guitar players. And I've played on their records, not Chris and Pilateras, but me and Joe Stump have played on records, Michelangelo, ourselves, and, you know, several other people, too. And uh, 
But you know that's it. My suggestion is you you know these young kids these days get a teacher, find your hot shit guy in your town, take some lessons, take some music theory. You don't have to be a graduate like me with a bachelor's of music from Roosevelt University. That that really doesn't matter. Yes, it opens up doors in music theory and can help understand your neck real quick. But there's so many great guitar players that can't read music and don't really know. But you know it, again. None of that matters. It's all okay. What you put into it's what you get out of it. That's really the bottom line. But it's nothing wrong with getting education, studying. You know, you could go online and watch any video from YouTube, but you can't stop that video and talk to that guitar player and ask him questions. Like, you can't have it a real teacher like with yeah. me. So if anybody wants lessons, get a hold of me on my Facebook channel, David Shankle. Inbox me, and I will help you re reach your goals. I've been doing this for 30 years. Go to my YouTube channel, David Shankle. Hit subscribe. Check out my videos. And, uh, you know, if if you're ready, I'm ready. This is what I do. I teach, make records. I'm on 39 guest solo CDs. More coming. Three bands. And I love what I do. And I love seeing all the new hot guitar players coming out because there's a lot of them everywhere. And I admire that, you know. And uh, that's how uh, that's all I'm about, you know. I, I yeah. don't have a chip on my shoulder uh, who's better than who. I, I don't give a fuck. You know, like who you like, you know, everybody's got an opinion and just because they have one don't mean it's right to not sound like a broken record, but that's okay. If you like what I do, run it up a flagpole salute. If you don't, fuck off. I don't care. I got yeah. enough fans all over the world and friends that like what yeah. I do. I'm a teacher. I'm here to help. And it's one thing. Let me say this, bro, to be a teacher and how to help kids that are eight, nine years old, teenagers, adults. People that are in their 70s taking lessons than it is to step on stage and be Dave Shankle the Shred Demon. They're completely two different worlds. There's guys that are great guitar players and they cannot teach you. It, it's a whole different world being a teacher, getting in that student's mind, understanding and listening to what they want, what they want to learn, their strong points, their weak points, and how to achieve that very quickly, keep it fun and interesting to reach their goals, or they're going to go somewhere else. I've done it long enough to know, you know. Yeah, that's that's definitely beautiful, brother. Like, especially, you know, the idea of picking up from all different kinds of players and different techniques. And then There's no shame in that. We all do it. Being able to show that, you know, to to people that want to play guitar and that want to get better at guitar is definitely its own, you know, unique place and unique skill to have. So, yeah, I think that's that's amazing. And uh, without further ado, we'll get into the tracks that we're going to add to the heavy radio playlist and crank on heavy radio. We got first off uh, Rise of the Dragon from Fionor. So let's talk about that track and, and kind of some of what went into it. That was one of the first tracks I wrote for the Fionor record because Gus said to me, if we're going to do kind of like our old school thing and, and Manowar thing, we need a dragon track. And I already had that in mind. So I came up with this rhythm, put everything together, and I told Gus, I actually came up with this, the, the part of the song that's like, you know, where you're doing fight, fight, dragon, rise, and all that. And Gus actually did the whole lyrics around just a little bit I threw at him. He's very good with words, and he did that. And that song, again, kind of like the title, was about my rise and fall 
without saying it in the song, from Manowar, out of Manowar, some downtime, all the DSG stuff, that I can rise up and keep going, doing what I'm doing if you like what I do. Same thing with the second track, Power of the Chosen One. Just like on the DSG last CD, Still a Warrior, the title, that song's about me being still a warrior after the war. I'm still a warrior. That song will explain it all to you. And I've just kept going, and I appreciate the Man of War fans that have stuck by me. And let me tell you, this track turned out great, just like when I wrote On the Wings of Fafnir, which is an actual story that Tony took, and we turned it into the song as another dragon song. But this Rise of the Dragon is, here we come. I'm going to hit you like a level 10 tornado, like all my stuff does, and uh, be ready. So you out there, man, get ready for the track. Theodore off the power of the chosen one. This is David Shankel, Rise of the Dragon. Yes, and we got we've got into the other ones. Power of the Chosen One from Fionor and right. Fafnir from Grave Rain. Yep. And then so we're also gonna crank Etude from Ashes to Ashes, right? Yep. That's my first DSG record that I really got to show people what I can do after the man of war time and joey and i were still friends because that ashes cd and elborn went out on magic circle music ashes came out through nuclear blast you know he brought people in we did the uh ashes to ashes video and two different edited versions of calling all heroes for heroes and everybody for 9 11 during that awful time when that happened and there's some other songs on there that piss on bin laden you know the fucking son of a bitch. But uh, it was a great record. It did good. You know, the, the Japanese version had uh, Daydreams and Jezebeth on it. And Etude was a hidden track that you had to let the, the last song, when it was done, you had to let it spin for a minute. Then Etude would pop in. Well, eventually we let everybody know that. And then we put the record out without that gap in there. But uh, this is the one of my instrumental track out of Daydreams, The Hitman, and The Voyage. Daydreams and Etude is on Ashes. Hitman, or excuse me, The Voyage is off of Hellborn. And then The Hitman is on the new Still a Warrior, which has Badio, T.D. Clark, you know, Joe Stomp. You know, those guys are all on there. Parker Lundgren on there, all shredding with me. A lot of guys, a lot of guys on there, too. Tommy Vitale, Roger Stauffenbach, a lot of guys, man. Parker Lundgren from Queensryche. Oh, yeah, he rips it up on there. Hell yeah. Heavy Radio, David Schenkel. So we got, let's run it out. We got Fionor, new album coming out in a couple days here. We got Grave Rain with Destination Aftermath, Holy Tide. It's going to be a just a badass record with Joe Caputo. We got the Hellfire Hot Sauce, Full Shred and Shred Demon. We got new guitars coming from Viper Guitars and... If you are inspired and you need someone to push your shred to the next level, David Schenkel, look him up and just beautiful, just teaching people and playing around the world. Great to hear from you, brother. Great to promote these records and all kinds of awesome stuff coming here. Also, if people would, if you want to see my videos that I have and a lot more coming, go to my brand new YouTube channel. Hit subscribe and the bell. Soon as I get these Viper guitars, I'm going to be doing video casting of some of the licks from all the DSG records, Man of War stuff, stuff that I've done on guest solos, new stuff. 
talking to people, you know, doing things people would like to see, showcasing my guitars and really pumping my YouTube channel. So if you want to see my stuff and know what's going on, go to David Schenkel on YouTube, hit subscribe and the bell, and you'll get the notifications, man. I'm really glad you had me on here, bro. You did a great job, and I look forward to coming back, you know, after the release and, and the next couple of records are out later in the year if, you, if you'll have me because I oh, love yeah. it. Anytime, crank it. Heavy radio, David Schenkel.